Recording in progress. All right. Oh, nice. So it's an AI TikTok lady voice. <laughs> yeah, it gave us, yeah, it gave us a little voice. Weird. <laughs> I haven't done it through the Zoom yet, so we'll see how it goes. I fucking hate AI. Yeah. I hate the Antichrist, too. <laughs> got a guest this weekend or i guess this week today today <laughs> yeah which is great welcome sir thank you for coming thank on you. we appreciate it thanks for having me I'm looking forward to talking yeah and yeah. you are well first of all you're my fucking boy like we go way back yeah it, it's been a while since we talked man i'm not gonna lie like dare i yeah. say like six or seven years it's so it's been long a, over hot time. Minute, a Damn, hot that's minute a long time but wow. we, we used to, to teach together and play some music together and shit so yeah you got me really into understanding the nuances of metal music because like oh, yeah at the time metal to me was one singular category but i didn't understand all these sub branches of metal so i delved into that through you which is pretty cool um yeah it's been a long time man i spurred out like on a lot of shit like i definitely could be like yo listen to how Mashuga plays this fucking hair over like the dotted quarter like just for like five minutes straight and you're like oh yeah cool i can actually yeah yeah i could appreciate it but when it really got nuanced i don't know man it was a little over my head but you're definitely a shepherd and uh an advocate for the metal genre so i'll, I'll give you that nice it's always interesting uh seeing how like formal training because you and i had like a lot of like similar formal training and like teaching yeah. together and it was interesting seeing how like the formal training and like the metal like you know there's the synergy between the two you know you take one a little bit from one field and a, a bit from another yeah i don't know man yeah it was cool yeah i i've talked to a lot of friends about producing rap beats because i have probably more knowledge about rhythm and mathematical rhythmic accuracy than most people should know yeah just because of my drumming background but you're a cali tech bro now. High. i know you're I, a cali uh, tech bro but then i have to learn all the software to actually produce the music and that's a pretty big barrier so yeah actually uh, doing the work <laughs> yeah exactly that's like, a pretty big barrier <laughs> yeah i don't i don't I'm not that interested in producing to teach myself how to do that stuff. Yeah. So I think about it all the time and I'm like, mm, I could be decent at that. But yeah, that the motivation there, my, my time is allocated elsewhere these days, but I got you. Remember I'm bikes out there. On. So you live in, uh, if you're comfortable saying what part of, what part of California? I live in Los Angeles. Um, like right smack dab in center LA. Oh man. Um, where like, like all the much. doomsday Hollywood movies are, where like they destroy <laughs> the city much. with asteroids. Like it's either New York or LA, and it's like your apartment gets fucking hit with the asteroid. Uh, are you referring to the show La Brea? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh wow, yeah, I, I know what that show is. Yeah, that's that is that takes place like in the actual area, like specific locale that I live. But nice. um, yeah, where I live is like a couple miles from Beverly Hills and west hollywood so it's 
I mean, very urban, very densely populated. Um, but it's a nice clean area because I don't know if you guys have been to LA before, but and the reality is probably 85% of LA is kind of dumpy and mm. the remaining, you know, 15% of it is very, very nice. And that's all the stuff you probably see on TV that you see on like the travel channel, whatever you're watching. But, but there's like I mean, a there's big some... disparity between like, you know, which side of the tracks you're on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like I'll give you an example. The there's a neighborhood in LA called Hancock Park and it was actually like the original Beverly Hills. So it's very large plots of land, almost like, I mean, they're basically mansions that, that are on those plots and a lot of very wealthy people live there. The mayor of LA, Eric Garcetti lives there, but it's directly adjacent to Koreatown, which has a high you know Korean population. It's very, very densely populated, very dirty. It's um, got a lot of great food. I'll be honest there too, but it's literally a one street difference. You're in Hancock Park, you're in this beautiful neighborhood, you walk across Western Ave and you're in Koreatown and it's a completely different world and it's not the stuff that you typically see, um, you know, on like TV or wherever else you might be exposed to LA if you haven't been there. So it's it's a very, very jarring disparity. Yeah, and I feel like Fox News is like the one place and when you look at Fox News, they're like, (laughs) there's hobos everywhere. It's people shitting in the streets. Everything's on fire. Fuck it. Trains can't even make it through there. Yeah, like yeah, didn't like I, that well, train just get fucking looted and some shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, it's in downtown LA, so that's like Skid Row. If you guys are familiar with that yeah, neighborhood, Row, yeah. um, that that's a pretty rough area. But yeah, like these people were just looting these trains, and there's trash everywhere. And I guess a, a couple of trains derailed because of all of the crap that was just all over the um, the tracks. But mm. you know, it's like a very hyper specific location. I'm sure if you go a mile down the tracks in the other direction, it's totally normal. But right. yeah, I mean, like, that's definitely the editorial power that you see on TV. It's like, mm. okay, you got the Fox angle that's like, you know, LA, San Francisco, it's, there's hobos everywhere, shanty down. towns. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, there are pockets of that for sure, yeah. but it's a very small percentage of the total landmass of the area, you know? Right. Um, but, you know, unless you're directly exposed to it, like me or someone who lives there, you don't really see that, but I will say the areas that it is like, you know, literal dumpster fires and just like shit everywhere, whatever it might be, it's bad where it is, but it's, you know, under one overpass and then you go a mile down the road and you're a pretty nice part of LA. So it's, it's like a concentrated little, it, yeah, there's pockets definitely. of it. It's, mm. it's, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, definitely pockets of it. But yeah, like this, this concept of, the entire city is burning down and in shambles like yeah. it's a bit <laughs> of an exaggeration that's right the, that's right. how they have you think when you hear it yeah. told on the exactly. night news yeah for sure yeah yeah isn't there something but, yeah. uh about the police don't do anything about theft under 950 is that la that is up in san francisco so yeah i think that's a, a that's city, a city ordinance city specific ordinance yeah but allegedly if you steal something that's under $900, you can't be criminally punished for it or even for a misdemeanor. Like, yeah, and I, that I was something I was seeing with this was like the reason the train thefts are happening so rampantly is they're not actually like prosecuting anyone for it. Like they're not giving them fines. They're not doing it. They're just like, hey, cut that shit out. You know? Yeah. yeah. And like the people are like, fuck you. I'm going back. <laughs> I'm good. There's yeah. free shit over there. I'm going to go back. Yeah. And I, I also don't know. Like, I'd imagine it's pretty, pretty hard to track those people down. Mm. But I also, I mean, this is a bit speculative on my part, but I think with the dynamic with the public and the police, they're very cautious about who and what they're actually going to prosecute for crimes like that, like Mm. petty crimes. Right. I'm sure that might have to bleed into it. And there's like some political stuff there, but yeah, it like, just seems wild to me that that's the cutoff. Like they went all the way up to like a thousand dollars, and like you said, like the city just would not be able to keep up with the sheer volume of, of petty theft. Of yeah. petty theft, yeah. Just by like yeah. law of averages based on the population, um, yeah. population numbers, you could never hire enough cops. Exactly. <laughs> so I totally yeah. understand yeah. that. Uh, I guess I don't know, like. 
is it because there's too many people there? It, like, what's causing this? Like, is this a, is that like a reasonable thing to do? Like, I don't know because stores are moving the fuck out and like businesses and and people are moving people are moving people are getting the fuck yeah. out and they're leaving in droves and it's like look at what happened to detroit when the fucking all the auto manufacturers left and then yep. all this weird ass shit over the decades and you know it's it becomes a bastardization of what it was or was meant to be you know right yeah i i see it as it's just an economic like supply and demand thing. Like there's just not enough supply of law enforcement for the demand of crime and like whatever the source of crime is, like income inequality or like the labor shortage, people not working right now. I mean, there are probably a number of variables yeah. that add to it. But I feel like this almost arbitrary policy that they've imposed up in San Francisco with this nine hundred dollar mark, like, A, how did you come up with nine hundred dollars? Like, did yeah. someone do some yeah. analysis, or just like there's probably, probably like a board? Tie, probably has like some tie to insurance or something. They're like, they're, yeah, you know, the businesses are insured up to this much, so who fucking cares? Yeah, yeah, but I, I I'd think have that's, to imagine that's their way of saying we literally have no idea how to tactically solve this petty theft problem. Sorry. So we're just gonna do this. <laughs> yeah. And I actually saw I don't I'd have to find the article with this guy like in San Francisco who owned a retail shop made everything the the price label in a store nine hundred dollars or more yeah and when you when you when you grab the item and you went to pay for it at the register he would give you like a voucher or something like that oh, wow. that made or, it like it's actual value yeah, actual value yeah life i i did hear about that yeah <laughs> yeah so it's like that's a brilliant way to create but a loophole around also this, like but. this man should not have to go to these lengths yeah, it's, it's just like know, citizen yeah. living there. It's like, like when you see to to these lengths. those fucking like feel good stories of like all the teachers put their money together to like buy the janitor a car. <laughs> it's like, why don't they just fucking pay the janitor <laughs> pay enough the janitor to get a car? You know, it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of interesting decision making in the California government. But, you know, I can I can be super critical as an outsider but I have really no idea what actually happens on the inside of this stuff up in Sacramento, sure. or at least in like city halls, but money, money, of this, money, money. Yeah. Money. Like some of this, these decisions they make like this $900 um, theft thing we were talking about. I just don't, I have a hard time wrapping my head around it because it's, it's so progressive in that regard. It's like what, like I said before, what is the, the objective justification for some of these decisions you're making i truly don't understand yeah and yeah well and that's kind of the nature of like the rampant progressivism out there it's like literally cutting off your nose to spite your face with these policies yes like it doesn't make sense it's just like what's the most extreme thing we can do in this situation that adheres to our ideology and they're like yeah but yeah. They'll make the government will make concessions like the, there was a big issue last year during covid where all of these small businesses, restaurants, retail shops, whatever, had to close their doors for a while and couldn't actually sell anything. Mm-hmm. But the entertainment industry, on the other hand, they were able to hire some very expensive lobbying firms to lobby in Sacramento to say, OK, it's important for us to continue making movies so we can make money because we're a huge corporation like, I don't know, Warner Brothers, you name it. Um, so they have a lot of political capital just given the fact that there's a lot of money flowing in that industry. Oh, yeah. But these mom and pop shops, like they just get the butt end of the stick. And you know, I think that's since been alleviated. But at the time, like there was a lot of a lot well, of issue around that. And frankly, if I was a owned a small business i'd have a problem with it too people I think it's felt that all the way up. out here and that's what really? i think what was really crazy about the whole like nationwide lockdown is that people felt the same effects from like downtown la to like you know rural virginia we're yeah. all in this together no oh, but it was man. when it came yeah. to like literally the state deeming like your county or state deeming what is essential and what is not a quote unquote essential business mm-hmm. like people felt that everywhere no matter well, and that's yeah. the issue with federal emergencies man like that's federal emergencies when they're declared since FEMA got rid of law back in the 80s by Jimmy Carter most most shitty thing that guy could have done 
anytime FEMA, like anytime an emergency is declared by the government, like the rule of law doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. Yeah. Star Wars episode one. Do, they can say <laughs> and make us do whatever the fuck they want at that point. Like they, they own you at that point. It's like when in New Orleans with Katrina, same scenario. People were getting their like guns taken away from them and shit just because they had them. Because they're like, well, you're in an emergency zone. You can't have these now. And it's yeah. like, what? <laughs> so they basically told all these business owners like, hey, fuck you. You listen to us. And a lot, and, and the people who defied it got thrown in jail and shit. Like, and f- I'm assuming fined into oblivion. You know, it's fucking insane. It doesn't yeah. make sense at this point. There, there's a part of me that's like, you know, at least my political views, I'm definitely one to say, okay, you should be able to choose and have a lot of choice in your life. And the government should not be in your backyard saying whether or not you can build something. Like, I really think that yeah. the government has its place and smaller government, in my opinion, is better. And I definitely think like in certain situations, and again, it's pretty arbitrary. If there's some sort of state of emergency, maybe these types of things should override what's going on or what's the status quo. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when, again, when they come up with the stuff, because there's no sort of like objective line drawing or definition of things, it's like, whatever the ideology of our state or your local government has, um, you're kind of at the mercy of that and you don't really have any choice. And like, it's weird because part of me says, okay, maybe that makes sense in certain situations, maybe not in others, but um, yeah, I mean, the government. Well, yeah, it really comes down to, like you said, like the central, your central argument of, do you want the government dictating everything in your life or are you, you know, advocating for decision-making and places like where you're at now compared to, you know, other, other, you know, rural areas, very, very different responses to that. And, and it should be different. I mean, if, when you have that many people living on top of each other, there has to be some kind of mechanism to figure this out, you know, like in rural areas, that shit doesn't fucking matter. Your closest neighbor's a mile away at the, you know, sometimes. So it's like, I, yeah, like I'm completely with the concept of like states and on local levels, they should be able to decide this shit for themselves. Like, and it's like the president said, there's no federal solution, right? Yeah. Well, I, I would even argue like a local municipal solution to those things is, is the most efficient and most effective way of whatever the situation is. Because, I mean, look at California. Um, man, I forget how many people live in California, but Too damn all of many. the densely too many people but all the densely populated areas are all along the coast so this whole like liberal ideology liberal mindset in california is basically san francisco la san diego not as much but um basically all these coastal cities because the reality is if you drive an hour and a half outside of la you're in you know ford f3 f350 super duty coal rolling country that is very conservative and like I'm sure those people, especially, you know, living up in farm country in the Central Valley where there's a lot of agriculture, like the stuff that they're putting in place in Sacramento for places like um, San Francisco, L.A. don't really apply to them. And so I can certainly see why that's not really an appropriate thing to do. But maybe that would work in a tiny state like Rhode Island. That's like a fraction of the size of just L.A. County, let alone California. So to me, I feel like the municipal level is better. But um, again, that's like very easy for me to say. Well, it's also critic, there's like you know? way more people in like, say, a city. Like there's more people in a smaller space where you're at. Um, yep. So I think problems get magnified, like law of averages just like comes out like human nature. Um, are you familiar with the rat utopia experiment? No, not. Um, so it's actually really interesting. I can send you a video on it. Uh, but it's basically, long story short, it's this experiment. They, they basically made a utopia for these rats, and they gave them all the food they needed, obviously a nice warm shelter, um, all the water they needed, like on demand. Totally fine. And they had four corners of their enclosure. And so they had like 20-some generations and made this huge fucking rat city. And they were like four distinct corners and there was like gangs of rats and there was like all kinds of weird shit oh my headphones keep fucking up hold on am i still there i'm still with yeah. you yeah okay yeah, word you, 
Um, but yeah, it's just really interesting because they even said like the rat's morals like degenerated and it was all because of like they had everything they needed and they were like in crazy dense social settings. You know, they could have all the sex they wanted, you know, the, the, the social hierarchies became super apparent over like several generations. Like there were distinct like alphas and betas and there were like beta males that would suck off like the alphas and all kinds of weird tranny shit. (laughs) Like I'm telling you, all of this is in like a rat experiment that these dudes yeah. did where they just made a utopia. And so some people could argue that it is places like L.A., it is places like San Francisco, New York City, Chicago, all the New Orleans, you know, Nashville, all these places that glorify, you know, gluttony and all this shit. You, yeah. Everything on demand, consumerism, capitalism, spend your money, you know, and, and some people get intoxicated by that lifestyle, that hustle and that bustle. Um, which is another thing eventually I want to talk about, you know, is kind of the difference between growing up here in Virginia versus, yeah. you know, how you've adjusted over, you know, however, how many years have you been living out there? Four years. Four years now? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure there was probably some culture shock at first, but you, you, you feel like you've been adjusting? Yeah. So, so yeah, I grew up mostly in Virginia. My dad was military. He was an infantry officer in the Marines and... So I was born in Virginia. We moved to Japan. We lived there for a while, moved back to Virginia. My dad retired from the Marines. Then he started civilian work. We moved to the Minneapolis area and then we moved back to Virginia. Um, and I mean, that, that's all when I was a kid. So I spent like middle school, high school and college in Virginia and the early part of my professional career in like Arlington and DC. So I was never really like the most politically active person, to be honest, especially in college. Like lived in my bubble. Um, in 2012, when Obama was up for getting elected again, I didn't even vote in that election, mainly because I didn't feel like I was a well-educated person. So I was like, it's not responsible for me to, to vote. Right. Um, so the first time I actually voted was in 2016. Um, but at that point, I started becoming a little bit more politically active. And I will say it's been totally accelerated by the Trump administration and then COVID even more so. Yes. Uh, everybody, I think that yeah. is kind of when everybody, like even the, the people who weren't interested at all, they saw that shit going on and the way the media treated it. And they were like, yo, yeah. I'm, I'm watching this movie. 2016 yeah. was the funniest year of my life. Yeah. I, I, I will say like in an optimist sense, I guess, however you look at politics, um, if that whole situation, there was some good that came out of it. Like, more people are probably politically active now than there were prior to. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously like my own intuition, but I think that's a lot of people might agree with that. But, I think that is fair. Uh, I think they try to, and that's part of, again, you know, how, you know, we mentioned uh, just left-leaning policies in general. Um, fuck, I'm totally, I had one too many bulls. What were we just talking about? No, 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 it's cool. Um you were originally asking how I how I've been acclimating to living in L.A. Yeah, we were just talking um, about something. Got towards got towards the politics angle of things. I like know, man. How everyone got more politically active after 2016, and you're right. Yeah, I can jar you back into it. No, this this is this is why I can't do this. This is late for us, so it's only five o'clock for it's you. But it's it's bedtime. I'm an old man. I have a puppy keeping me I'm up at night. I'm all cracked out on fucking pre workout, so I'm fine. <laughs> Maybe we'll cut some of that. Maybe not. Maybe everyone could just laugh at how high I am right now. Yeah. So, well, I was following the rat utopia thing. And I was that's ask a more fun one. About it. Yes, that's a fun one. Um, do we want to talk about that, or do we want to keep going? So, I'd, it's a bit asynchronous at that point. But, um, dude, you I, know I where you're say- at. You know where you're fucking at. There's no IQ requirement for this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, no, we're good. Our listeners don't expect anything out of us. No, they get what they fucking get. Whatever. So I, I have never heard of that experiment, but it's interesting you say that because like 10 years ago, I know he's since been canceled, but Louis C.K. was on like The Tonight Show. And he was talking about how everything is amazing and this is 10, year, 10 or 12 years ago, so like even more so now. Everything is amazing. You have everything you could really ever want. Technology is accelerating at a crazy rate. Everything's amazing, but everyone is miserable. Yeah. And so uh, with this idea you talked about with 
glutton and overconsumption, it's almost it's like it's causing people to care about things that if let's say the economy wasn't operating at the way it was with the amount of food you have access to stuff you can buy whatever uh maybe people are finding these things to care about that maybe people wouldn't care about otherwise and i found that to be kind of interesting and i've seen some stuff on that but um the fact that like these rats were creating like different factions within their little utopia because they had everything that they wanted and they didn't have to worry about finding food, finding shelter. Yeah. That they were able to for... develop more vibrant like social structures. And then you kind of yeah. look at what's happening with like, you know, gender and how we are today with that whole thing. It's like, are we just inventing problems for ourselves yes. because yeah. we Absolutely. have everything? We've removed yeah. all the normal struggle that creates human life into what it is. So naturally we've, gone divergent into all these little just distraction areas that kind of need to create that strife and struggle we look for in life like they, yeah. they, that's literally all we've gotten to yeah it's just yeah. boiled down to that point everything is people amazing. are fucking bored people and there's also some tribalism consuming stuff like people are yeah. over every we live in an age of overconsumption of everything everything like every yeah. aspect of your life we can do the most of it we want there are also austere people out there who can control themselves but most of us we're getting hit with all these stimulants and all this shit all the fucking time. It it's driving us all insane, is what it's really yeah. doing. But it's also like we're all glutton to the gluttonies, gluttons of everything to the extreme at this point now, you know. Yeah. And it's and you can see it bleeding out in things like when you see like people self-diagnosing mental illness on TikTok and like that's just another <laughs> yeah, way. Dude. That's another way to get like social recognition, which is a gluttony thing. They're they're gluttons for fucking dopamine interactions. Yeah. Like yeah. tech is tech. I like tech is an amazing thing, but it has completely fucked us up all mentally, and we were not meant to have it this fast. Yeah, like, we were not. It was not meant to elevate it. It's definitely a bell curve on some. The past shit. fifty oh, yeah. years have been a fucking like you want to talk about like this thing has been a rocket into the stratosphere, dude. Yeah. On like mental health and like what it's done to mental health, and dude. just like even now the algorithms, like how it's designed to fuck with you, basically. Yeah, yeah, like, that's shit's crazy to me. And you yeah. like so you're in tech like. Do you deal in that area of stuff or like are you in more like IT like dealing with servers and shit like that? Uh definitely the latter. So yeah. I don't I don't work at a company that build you know, like a TikTok, some like sort of consumer application, no shit, social yeah. media. Yeah. So you're not um, a Chinese a of, spy? <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> op, dude. Definitely okay. not a Chinese spy. Um but I work more in like business to business software, so it's a lot of software that helps keep the lights on and helps businesses run um whether or not you agree with their business practices or not right i'm not building an application and i'm not working with a team of engineers writing an algorithm that poisons 16 year old children's minds yeah yeah that's a whole yeah. nother level that's a, those, are, like, those are the bad guys dude so you're talking about people like self-diagnosing mental illness on tiktok yeah. Oh, yeah. um one thing one thing that i see <laughs> all the time i don't know why it's like these these like girls in their late teens or maybe their early to mid 20s that talk about having ibs and i'm like <laughs> no like like no you just eat like shit yeah, probably you just don't like, know what that is like, like, oh, look, i don't grub, think you actually have ibs you just like, too hey, much chipotle taco bell taco bell every day is not good yeah. for you i'm sorry yeah uh <laughs> so i i had to put that in there because i was like i see stuff like that all the time and i'm like there's no way all of these people actually have ibs there's no way they've all seen a doctor it's like no. you probably just eat garbage all the time uh but no i mean i i work in like a very um i don't know like my sense of the word tech like to me i think i think the connotation with tech now is like you work at google yeah. or face or meta right um and there's a lot more to tech that's out there like it is a really broad umbrella that is hardware specific with like server management there's cloud computing data took over like, oil all this stuff data is better than oil data is better than oil more valuable yeah yeah so i mean that tells you everything valuable. right there like the boom like the internet boom like you're right I, tech is like it's the thing but i fucking i hate ai yeah I, social yeah. media i feel like do you think a lot of it is just like corporate capitalist like greed and like profit driven 
because oh, none of this seems very like altruistic. None of this seems no. like they no. have this cutesy yeah. face of like, oh, we want to connect people. Oh, we want like you to have groups and to form like mommy pages and you know share pictures of your fucking dog's well, dick. We or all whatever. know. We all know DARPA. <laughs> DARPA had the first Facebook. That's true. Did you know Facebook they, was actually a government DARPA like? It's called like life, life, life log, life log. That's what it was. Yeah. That's so what, DARPA, the which predecessor to Facebook was. I'm sure you're you're you were probably around a lot of military industrial complex stuff. Oh with, yeah. with your dad. So oh, yeah. um, defense contracting. Yeah. So the next. You're familiar with yeah, DARPA, right? Yeah. yeah. And and no, I defense I'm not. research program something defense yeah. something defense else defense advanced research project and uh, something like it's that. basically like the a, Pentagon. It's the yeah. Pentagon's race. It's the sci-fi wing of the Pentagon. Yeah, okay. and so, um, yeah, they they take they take on projects for weird shit like um, I don't know uh, like invisible tanks, exoskeletons. They test all that shit theoretically and try to build it out. Or like people approach them and they're like, "Hey, we want to make this. We need like government funding to do it." Yeah, uh, and that's what happens. Uh, they even tried to DARPA actually turned down the uh, the research that was going on in Wuhan. That's really? right. Yeah, yeah they, they said this is too down. dangerous. It's too dangerous for them, and they were like, "Fuck that!" And uh, the world, so EcoHealth Alliance went to, over to the NIH to talk to them. Jeez. But yeah, Pretty like wild stuff. DARPA basically had uh, an entire software that would track every person's like interaction, their network. It was like social network in like pre two thousands, right? And yeah. the day LifeLog ended, Facebook launched. That's interesting because I feel like a lot of the narrative that I hear from right-wing conservatives is China's got this social credit system now, and if that were to happen in the States, like that's the end of our freedoms, yada, yada, Mm -hmm. which I can certainly get behind for sure. But yeah, I had no idea that they were doing experimental stuff with that. Oh, and like uh, years and years ago, dude. Like all, all this stuff is like been so planned out over the past like five decades like in its infancy to like play out exactly how it's playing out now. Yeah. Well, I I know I was actually going to ask if uh, you wanted to talk about, you brought up Wuhan and if you want to talk about COVID, because I know everyone's pretty exhausted from that. (laughs) Uh, We took a good break from it last week. You lived through it. You lived through the LA monstrosity. That was the COVID response. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. So from the beginning, I've always been skeptical about this whole COVID thing. Like, I stopped watching the news a long time ago because I just I couldn't do it anymore. But at the very beginning of the pandemic and through probably like a year plus, I don't know if they still do it, but like CNN had a tick, two tickers in the upper right hand corner. They got cases and deaths. Yep. Um, and so we talked about data, like for people that don't think about the underlying aspects of what makes up those numbers that can be pretty fearful but the reality is like that's not enough information just to say cases and deaths so at the very beginning of COVID, i was like okay who makes up these cases what are the demographics what are the age groups what diseases do these people have who are susceptible to these things how are they dying and i was asking those questions from the beginning and obviously like i can understand at the beginning of the pandemic like they're not really sure how to handle this stuff Air on the side of caution. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Cool. But as time goes on, you get more information. I think you owe it to the people to give them the information so they can make their own decisions about how to move about with COVID. So, yeah, dude, California, well, L.A. specifically, um, we're very strict about it. Like there was one point where if you were thought to be having a party, Eric Garcetti, the mayor of L.A., would like right. Cut your power right. and your water. I about that. That's if, so if you chose insane. to have a party. Wild over there for a little bit, uh, That's yeah, so and insane. I mean they they really did lock down, and you you could go to the grocery store, and that was about it for a while. I can't remember how long it was, but um, yeah, and for the whole time, I I was aware of the fact that it could negatively affect pretty significantly some people mm-hmm. and i was cautious of okay like I'll, I'll wear the mask whether or not that that works or not i think we could talk about that too yeah um but i'll comply and if i'm going to go in a public place i'll wear a mask whatever um but 
over time, it just continued where I was like, okay, who is actually dying from this disease? And I'll go on like the CDC's website and you can look at it right now. I mean, um, the people who, who died just from COVID, COVID alone in the age group in which we probably all are like sub 45 mm-hmm. is extremely low. Now, again, right. I'm not, I'm not like discrediting the fact that those people die from COVID. I mean, like that's very unfortunate and I'm not, I'm not, um, and how like many people died in that sense. with COVID? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and how like, they were conflating a lot of those numbers. Yeah. And I, I'm, I consider myself to be very analytical, very objective. So I look at these things in a very statistical way where it's like, okay, if I'm going to put my statistician hat on the odds of me being hospitalized, let alone dying from COVID, this is pre-vaccine mm-hmm. is extremely low. Right. And that was enough information for me to evaluate my risk with COVID and to say, I'm not going to run away from this. I'll be you know, aware and cautious of what I'm doing, but I'd like to live my life. Right. And I had a really hard problem. I had a really big problem with like the government coming down and be like, you need to not leave your home for some period of time in which we can't define. Were like, I getting, never understood it. Were you getting like never. texts about like contact tracing and shit? Like, yeah, was that uh, rolled out there. They, they have that. I think you had to opt into it, which I didn't. But True. I live in a huge apartment complex. Like there are, I think, like 30 buildings, 8,000 people live in this huge area that I'm in. <laughs> and it's like, I think it's several square miles. So it's mm-hmm. it's not like we're all in like a slum by any, by right, any means. Right. But um, they would send out emails at the very beginning, like, hello, community. Uh, we just wanted to let you know that someone in, in the general area has contracted COVID-19. And it's like, okay, this is great information, but like they can't disclose which building they live in for uh, privacy reasons, for PII reasons, whatever. And it's just like, okay, you by you guys saying this, is this actually helpful information or is this unintended fear mongering kind of stuff where it's like, and I've had such a contrarian view compared to a lot of people I know. Like I've almost lost friends over this stuff. I mean, it's and that's sure, fucking crazy. Sure. So that's actually absolutely insane. what what kind of like sparked this is like I've been schizo posting a lot on Instagram lately. Just said fuck it, mask off, and just like started posting yeah. like all the weird shit that just comes into my head. And I was inspired by my boy here. Um, to do I've that. always, I've always nice. been a fucking maniac on socials. I, I'm, the, I'm yeah. the reason. I'm the reason a lot of people close the app. I'm almost positive. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah you responded to my story one day and was like, "Dude, I feel like this." Um, you know, because you can. We, you, you're in a place where, like, dude, we we agree with everything you just said because yeah, we, we yeah. take a reasonable approach to things. You know, we try not to fall for the fear porn because you know how the news and the TV works. It's all just money, and um, yeah, I don't know. We we definitely like you're in a place where like everyone agrees with you here for sure on that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. It, it's just the. Well, the thing that has been so interesting to me is there's this whole talk around, at least coming from the left and my leftist friends are like, trust the science, believe in the science where it's like, okay, well, statistics are part of science in my opinion. So it's like, okay, if we know that statistically this number of people can be seriously ill and they fall into this demographic, this, that, and the other, and you can figure out what your risk is and it's very low that should help you determine your risk tolerance for mm. this disease. And even the stuff with like uh, contracting the disease. Like, I think the last thing I saw was you have to be in a confined space with no ventilation for like 15 minutes or something like that. I'd have to get fact checked on that. But yeah. um, if you're like in an open area, you're outside, you're in passing, like you don't need to wear a mask outside and there's still people here that are wearing a mask. They're out walking their dog. And it's yeah, like, it always hey man, bugs me out when I see that shit. Yeah. Like do your thing, whatever, but in you literally don't have to do that. Yeah, dude. It's like, there's so that many scared people. though. Like they're that fucking yeah. scared. Like, yeah, that's, that was the, the biggest like crime of this whole thing was like the fear mongering, dude. Well, I mean, yes. not the biggest, but what like the one of the most damaging things of it was the fear mongering. It has crippled yeah. so many people. There's people who are like, I'll never take this mask off. But I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. Like it's it's really like exacerbated the mental illness a lot of folks had to yeah. like 
insane heights. And and um, uh, there's been a couple guys we've talked about on different shows. We've talked about mass formation. I don't know if you've heard that theory. Oh, mass the formation theory. psychosis. Yeah. Well, yep. psych- see, psych- everybody, Robert Malone poisoned the well with that psychosis thing because psychosis is a symptom of it, but it's mass yeah. formation. Mass formation. Originally, okay. it's mass formation theory. And like, it's really like you could see it at work. If you read the whole like paper on it and stuff, you're just like, holy shit. Like, yeah, they created the perfect storm for this. And a lot of this is psychological tuning. Like, yeah, they a lot talk of about the two week lockdown, the two week lockdown thing. That number wasn't based off of any science. They came mm-hmm. out and admitted that. They said it was based off this is how what we thought people could take. Yeah. Yeah. Well that that whole change in narrative has been ongoing. So it was like 2 weeks. And obviously again at the time I recognized that they didn't know what was going on. So sure it's arbitrary whatever. But then it was like all right vaccines come out and it was like the disease stops with herd immunity with everyone getting the vaccine. And then they talked about breakthrough cases and how rare that was. And now it's like if you get vaccinated you can still spread and get COVID. And I'm one of those people, like I chose to get the vaccine. I still got COVID and I'm like, okay. So if we all know that if you can get COVID, spread COVID with the vaccine, why are all these companies doing vaccine mandates for you to go into the office? Why do you have to wear a mask if if you're going inside because you can still spread? Like everything to me now is so contradictory from one point to another. I've lost so much faith in the government. I mean, I never really felt like the government dictated my life anyways, more beyond like, you know, law and taxes, but it's just, I can't, I legitimately can't agree with pretty much anything I hear now because I just roll my eyes and I I can't sift through the crap at this point. And it's good. It's good to hear that take because I feel like I'm always curious. Uh, I have been kind of surrounded by a lot of like-minded people lately. And so it's nice to hear what like, you know, what you're going through on the other side of the country and how you feel and how, you know, you're handling it. And like you said, you're not even really like an overtly political person per se. Um, You know, you're not one to like let it dictate your life. So it's just interesting to hear like other people's takes on it and and how it's affected their life. Uh, And it sounds like, you know, we were getting a lot of fear porn like here on the East coast. Like I said, you know, we were talking about at the top of the episode about like LA's on fire and they were, you know, uh. people are saying the same thing about, you know, with like COVID, like people are dying in record numbers in these cities. And like at the same time, you're seeing the politicians go out maskless and yeah. it's like, what the, and, 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 and even what the fuck, uh, Newsom, Went to that fucking French laundry and had a nice yep. steak. That was funny as shit. <laughs> and there's just so much hypocrisy going on. And yeah. it really well, does make you think, like, what the fuck? Where do we go from here? If, if if everyone is starting to see this. It's over now. Here's the thing. Like, so Boris Johnson removed every restriction England had because yeah, they I caught him that. at a party. Like, and all the states are backing down off their mandates. All these corporations are backing down off their mandates. The, uh, a Pfizer board member just came out today and said, I think we should stop with the mandates and the masking. A Pfizer board member said that because they've made enough really? money now. They've made yeah. enough money now. Yeah. They, they've realized they've pushed the scheme as far as they can with the boosters and shit. It's over. It's not working yeah. anymore. Yeah. Well, the other thing is for me, the way that I see it, is this constant push for getting the vaccine. I don't understand that either because at this point, I think with the exception of like infant age children, everyone is eligible to get the vaccine. If you wanted it by this point, you would have gotten yours. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it's like, I feel like the people that don't want to get it, that's your prerogative. You don't need to get it. But this whole idea of like putting other people's health decisions on me as individual is what I have a problem with. Like, I want to live my life and call me selfish, but um, living my life at having to live under these like COVID rules, mandates, whatever, at the expense of mental health, all these other side effects to me is not worth it. And I am very much the contrarian living where I am. Right. All of my friends are much more liberal than I am. Um, and some of them do humor me and they do listen to me and they're pretty respectful. But like I said earlier, like I've legitimately almost lost friends here because I differ about 
COVID views and other the political views. Line. And it's like, it's, and I actually consider myself to be pretty uh, moderate, maybe ever so right leaning moderate. But mm -hmm. this idea that it's like, if you have any sort of conservative view, yeah, whether it's about COVID or anything else, it's like, you are a far right neo Nazi, insert any sort of other like yeah. derogatory. You're term. Richard like, Spencer. What the fuck? You're, yeah, you're like, alt-right or some shit because yeah, it's ridiculous. You, know, you disagree with your friends. Uh, it's pretty interesting. I wonder how much... So, you being in the tech world, uh, do you do you feel like you're around like a lot of run-of-the-mill like neoliberals? Or do you see a lot of like hardcore like communists? Yeah, are they far or, left or are they are just they like, like far, far left? left or... That's how I, I like to divide it. Far left, corporate left. I would say it's it's hard for me to tell because... The company I work for, coming from corporate, I work for a company that's like ten thousand plus people. Oh well, maybe not our, even like within the company, but just like just I, friends. That's your circle, you, yeah. I guess. Like that's the circle you yeah, run yeah. with. Do you see like a lot of like far extreme left views? Because um, there's definitely. Um, I would say it's a mixed bag. Like there are some some people that. Uh, I think our our left leaning moderates, some people that are midway on the left of spectrum and other people that are like down with the whole Tankies. economic <laughs> system. We need to rebuild the country and be uh, a communist or socialist entity. Like I see that too. Um, but the biggest problem for me is with the exception of a couple of people that I know, I can't have conversations with them that differ from their political views. Like it, it's, spurred out yeah i mean it's it's really bizarre it's like say what you want about the school system or public schooling system the whole aspect of that is like okay you write an english paper you make a claim you have an argument for it or you're in a debate class you make a claim you argue for that claim and then you do this in the real world and now it's like now you just block people. no no you're an asshole and i can't be your friend and it's like yeah this is so immature to me that yeah, I can't have the only thing that changed like is that, that I told you an idea I liked. Like that's the only thing that's yeah. changed between us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's it. And like people take it like it's a personal fucking slight. It's so it's yeah. gotten so extreme. Well, that's the Ooh. tribal yeah. aspect though of people. They tie their identity to like their beliefs, mm -hmm. and oh, they're like, yeah. oh, if if you their don't agree with me, if you're not like you can't sit at this table. You can't sit at the cool kids table. Like that's yep. literally what it's about. Like you said, people it like is childish. It's childish. Suck. It's childish. Yeah. You're right. It's the tribalism is really interesting to me as well because um, you see I it on the right have, as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's. Yeah. I, I would say it's uh, two sides of the same coin. Yeah, yeah. The the way that I look at it, it's like okay, I look at things on more of an issue by issue basis. Like I'm certainly a bit more progressive in some areas, like healthcare, uh, jobs, job market. I can talk about that, but I'm more conservative in other areas. Um, but the problem is for me where I could say, okay, I think progressively in this area versus another, I don't consider myself a tribalist, but those that are tribalist, whether or not they, they would identify that for themselves or not, it's like anything that comes from any Democrat is the gospel. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you saw recently, Joe Biden was uh, in an interview or like at a press conference in a Fox reporter was asking him a question he called him like a son of a bitch or something yeah i think yeah, that like happened and like everyone's like that happened yesterday yeah. yeah yesterday and everyone's like everyone's like oh like he's so uh owned like, he fucking owned that like dude. yeah he got owned um i saw a cnn headline that was like this is why joe biden calling him a son of a bitch is nothing like what trump did i'm like when this trump is exactly, did the exact same thing yeah exactly the same thing and like people here's are a real question here's a real question why do people still give a fuck about what trump did like, you stop talking Dude, about him, he knows? goes away. <laughs> you already knows? banned him from Twitter. Who the fuck yeah. cares? Like, let him just go. CNN yeah. has to mention Trump every day or their stock yeah. will fall. Oh, they yeah, they've to. already lost, yeah. like, 90% yeah. of their viewers. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the whole, like, big media thing that I kind of speculate now is, like, CNN and even Fox and some of the more right-wing news outlets, now you've got TikTok, Anyone can put videos up on YouTube or Facebook with their own ideas. And so they have to create the most, uh, I don't want to say thought provoking, but like incendiary type, extreme type of 
titles to get those clicks just to stay relevant in a market that yeah. has changed so much that doesn't um, put them on this pedestal. And they're like, okay, the only business strategy we have is to create a division for people to get on our side or theirs to get more views. And like the businessman in me is like, well, you had to adapt to what the market is, but like the normal Joe Schmo that I am, it's like, this is incredibly toxic. Like, and I, I, I don't want to say the government should come in and, and intervene because it's really my MO, but I think the way that they present things in a very extreme fashion is part of a very complex problem. And that's why I stopped watching the news. I was like, I cannot watch this stuff because it's like incredibly toxic and it just makes my blood boil. And so I'm a lot happier now that I don't, to be honest. Have you ever heard of the Smith Munt Act? No. Okay, Smith Munt Act was back in 2010, I believe. Obama repealed it, and it was an old Cold War thing that prevented the government from directly allowing to like go to the media and present propaganda. And really? I th- and I think the thing is, a lot of what you're talking about and the kind of like coverage now. That stuff's like all blatant propaganda at this point. Yeah. It's it's not even like in the meme sense, like, oh, it's news propaganda. It's like literal propaganda. State you run. Know how many CI, you know yeah. how many spooks work for like CNN, NBC? Anderson they have them Cooper, on the air all CIA. the time. Yeah, they have them on the air all the time. And yeah. like a lot of people don't know that shit got repealed a few years ago. Jenna Bush, yeah. part of the Bush family, ever is since. on TV. They've been just barraging us with bullshit ever since but that's almost case in point like i had no idea that something like that was repealed and it just exposes again the editorial power that these media companies have on what they do or choose not to expose and like you know we're 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 humans we are inherently lazy in some respects we like to focus our time in some areas or another unless you really like did your research or you probably just spent like 15 minutes figuring it out a lot of people don't do that. So they just think of, okay, I got to watch this news channel. Right. And what they tell me is what's going on. But you have to realize what they choose to tell you, they have to forego a lot of other stuff. And whether or not they would expose that information or not, it's like that to me is the problem in and of itself that there's just so much stuff going on that we don't know about. And that's just an example right there. Like I, I had no idea. And I'm sure millions of people had no idea too. Yeah. You know? So how did you find that out? Did you just... I mean, it was just a talking point that came up in some shows that I listened to back in the day, you know? Well, yeah. It was Alex Jones probably introduced me to it. <laughs> yeah, the like, thing hey, is, I don't know. we all run in different circles. Yeah. And even, like, the algorithm that we talk about, um, like, for Facebook or YouTube or something, like, on my Instagram, for instance, I've hacked it. I've learned how to hack it to where all I get is, like, puppy videos, kitten videos, <laughs> and conspiracies. And, like, I can watch shit on, like, the Federal Reserve, and I can watch it on the Illuminati and all that weird shit. And then it shows me, like, you know, cute chocolate lab videos and stuff. And so you can hack the AI. It's when you give in to, like, your base level fucking lizard brain fear response. That's when the social media addiction takes over and all that shit like that. And so the Smith-Munt Act being repealed i think it was like probably a lot of like opportunism like people in media Mm -hmm. saw it the government saw as like hey look you know this is a good way to like grease some pockets it's a win-win for us you know and literally since then you've seen just like you said 2016 was almost like a year you can pinpoint the moment where you started giving a fuck about politics yeah, and that's like yeah. right around the time where they started. Are you familiar with like what a psyop is, psychological operation? No. So it's it's things that like the the U.S. military and the CIA. It's stuff that they do, um, where they 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 do psychological operations on people. They have meme farms where CIA it's, dudes make memes really? and post them. It's yeah. engineering. Uh, it's engineering reality is what it is, and it's wow. manufacturing consent. That's what a lot of psychological operations are for. Uh, problem, problem, reaction, solution, that kind of stuff, you know? I mean, they pay, there's guys at the CIA whose job it is to go on to like Reddit and like argue with people and like go on Facebook and post their own take on something or counter misinformation, whatever the government deems misinformation at the time. And that's their job. And so another thing that's crazy that they'll do is that one single like agent or whatever who's like posting, they'll have like eight different profiles. And so one profile will start a thread with like a YouTube link. 
and then the the very first comment is some guy saying this is trash and it's the same agent and then a third profile comes in (laughs) saying like hey leave her alone she's just posting her whatever and then a fourth guy will come in and white knight and it's all the same agent and so when you you go on your facebook and you look at it there's already a manufactured conversation that in your brain you're associating with oh this is like how real people think like i'm looking at real people's profiles this must be the social climate like this must be everyone must hate this when in reality it's some cia spook sitting there who's manufactured this entire thread to it to literally that's the psychological operation and it's that Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't no, you're good. No, a... you're good. I'm just. It's, it's like it's that as well. But have you also heard of like dead net theory? I no, have. I really, that's really crazy. Quickly, what what you guys were just talking about? I I've never known that it was like this defined term, but I observe that all the time. Like yeah. you, I go on. I I'm an active redditor. I do go on TikTok from time to time, and I look at the comments. And it's like, is this some bot or is this some like Russian horrible with farm where it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, their, their username is like a bunch of random numbers and characters. And they have some like weird avatar and they're posting like really weird comments. Is this an actual person or is this someone trolling? Like there's something behind it because I see it so much. It's like, oh, is this, this has to be like something that's proactively done. There's no way this is just some phenomenon Mm -hmm. that comes up. Like I don't think people want to troll that much. Yeah. And that, and that plays into my dead net theory. So like the dead net thing is like, basically most of the internet has become bots and algorithms that run on their own. And a lot of the content we see out there isn't user generated possibly. And potentially they'd like someone spitball the math on it, but only 2% of the actual content you see on the internet is user generated at this Mm -hmm. point and and interactions, the whole thing. 2%. Yeah, and, and it's there's also like, there's the nine idea. billion people on this planet. So the dead net as like, well is is also referring to the idea in the wild west days of the internet, like at mm-hmm. the beginning of it, there were billions and millions of websites and everyone had the like you could have your own website for free. You didn't have to use mm-hmm. GoDaddy or buy a domain or anything like that. And over time, um these, you know, the CIA and and military and all these people got their hands on like you know reeling in the internet and these darpa projects you know google um handed the cia their like search tools cia Hmm. search tools became google you know and there's all this shit that they work on and so they the dead net theory also in addition to what he just said includes the idea that a lot of that stuff got scrubbed and you're actually seeing only the same, like everyone's on Facebook, everyone's on TikTok, everyone's on Instagram. Like no one's actually using the full infinity, infinite possibility of what the internet yeah. actually was. And it's like, yeah. it's this hollow Corral shell. Yeah, Corral it's this, this hollow this, shell. Like, fake yeah. bubble of the internet. Yeah, and like there's like dead hyperlinks too. Like there's whole Supreme Court case rulings from back in the day that are only stored online now. And you can't even fucking access them because the hyperlink has just decayed. Like yeah. there's there's like a decay that happens on the internet, and yeah. there's whole sections of the internet you literally can't access anymore. And who shut that off? Out I don't know who fucking yeah. shut that yeah. off. It's just lost out of the tech. Like, are you guys? Well, thank God for Archive IS. Like they, you can keep that shit on there. Yeah. Are you guys familiar with like how machine learning machine learning and algorithms work? Not exactly. To no. like <laughs> to an extent, conceptually, yeah, like, I couldn't like yeah. write an algorithm, but like conceptually, I understand what it is, which yeah. is why I hate AI. But I also <laughs> don't believe that it could ever actually be sentient. Yeah, so it's tricky because I mean, like the number of use cases you can apply machine learning to is pretty vast. Um, like an algorithm's really just. Uh, a series of steps to perform some sort of action. It's a tool. That's yeah. Done computationally, right? And so there are a lot of aspects about like making the computation more efficient because all this stuff runs on har- hardware, right? So the algorithm is the steps, like how to actually do X, Y, or Z. Machine learning is part of, not really part of that umbrella, but what they do is you, depending on your use case, you apply what are called training sets, which is just a vast amount of data to train. The machine learning algorithm to learn whatever content you're pumping to it 
Which is why so, it can spit out like a, a movie script or make a fucking. Yeah. You put a lot of input. It quote unquote learns, but really what it's doing is just a, a series of steps of like inputting information, doing a bunch of yeah. Yeah, and so like if you get a movie script out of it, maybe the grammar, the syntax is a bit jacked up, but it's like pretty good, I guess, right? I mean, you could certainly tune the algorithm to figure out and whatever and, you want to do. And it actually case, seems like but, a lot of new Netflix shows are like super formulaic, like almost like a robot wrote them. Like yeah. a lot of like crossover <laughs> themes and shit. It's weird. They've got the yeah. robot equivalent of the uh, that thing from South Park, the ball tank that was in the yes. Family Guy studios yes. with the manatees. They yeah, have the AI yeah. equivalent of that now. <laughs> How would you so, like to, real quick though, we are yeah. right at about an hour. Do you want to uh, rock another hour with us? Head on over to, yeah. to the, we'll do the Patreon episode. Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Because that flew by. So it's an indication yeah. of a good time. Good, sure. good. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to continue talking about AI uh, because for the 80,000th time, I hate it. Um, but also, <laughs> um, I kind of want to pick your brain in the Patreon episode about uh, just like kind of your take on a lot of conspiracies and stuff that like, you know, yeah. he and I might be like super familiar with, but like, just like, you know, the Smith Munt act or like, you know, possibly even MK ultra or uh, in a number of things that, you know, we kind of want to get your gauge on uh, uh, how familiar you are with some of these things. Mm, I so. can, I can do my best. Uh, oh, but I'm not, it, We'd also like to enlighten you and spurg out okay. and, yeah, and get your take. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna yeah. tweet. Okay, okay. Yeah, that works. All right, cool. cool. Let's do it. Go subscribe to the page.